Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today, I talk to Loz from While She Sleeps, and it's a great little natter. You're in for a treat. Um, before we get on with uh, that chat with Loz, just a few thank yous. Um, firstly, I'd like to thank you lot, um, because over the last year, which you know I know has been very, very difficult for, for so many of you, um, you've still found time. Uh, to support this podcast and and get behind it and I've seen you know had some really nice messages on social media and I've seen the listenership grow uh, and the social media following grow and the interaction on the social media really grow it's like it's been really encouraging and I know we've all been on you know various journeys of ups and downs over the last year and uh, and yeah I'm just saying thank you because you've you know really really helped my journey of you know of kind of dealing with you know with with the world sort of turning in a different way and so yeah just a big thank you having these chats and 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 putting them out there and getting encouraging sort of messages back from you saying that you've you know enjoyed the chats has been a, a real nice part of a of a weird year so just thanks to you um big thanks to 76 who produces this podcast um who you know, has has had to completely rearrange how he produces. It's all now done remotely, so he's he's having to work with you know Zoom audio and Skype audio and, and and things like that. So he's had to put a little bit extra work in to give you a warm sounding podcast. So thanks to to seventy six for uh, for doing so, um, and much love to uh, the main man Scroobius Pip uh, and everybody over at the Distraction Pieces Network. I mean, uh, the, the, at the time I'm just recording this, you know, I've just seen uh, fellow. This uh, Distraction Pieces Network podcaster uh, Brett Goldstein win at just a ridiculous award for uh, for the show Soulmates that uh, that he's been one of the writers of. So um, so huge um, huge love to Brett for that. And, and if you've never listened to films to be buried with, then then go and check out Brett's podcast. It's wonderful. Um, and yeah, if you like this podcast and and you want more, or you'd like to support it, you know, in a different way, then you can do that at Patreon. Um, and that's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And over on Patreon, um, I put up video episodes. I put up radio shows as well, where I play records and chat and stuff. Um, and yeah, from I think it's about seventy odd p a, a, a week. You yeah, you get a, a load of extra content. You get access to a back catalogue of I don't know, probably like close to three hundred shows now uh, that you can go and get stuck into. And all of them shows have never been released to the the general public there for for patrons only so yeah you can you can do that also 
if this is your first time listening to to this podcast, then go and have a look um, in the archives of, of of the you know of the the main releases. You know, aside from Patreon, I've got a huge back catalogue that's available on Spotify, iTunes, Acast, etc. Um, and yeah, if you like. If you like what the sort of music that Loz makes, then and and the, some of the bands that we talk about on this episode, then go and have a look in the archives. I've spoken to uh, Mastodon, uh, Deftones, uh, Public Enemy, Fatboy Slim, um, gosh, uh, Frank Carter, Daniel P. Carter of the Radio Unrock Show, um, Papa Roach. So yeah, there's 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 loads of. Uh, uh, noise merchants that i've had some lovely chats with so uh so go and explore some of them um you can find out about all of this stuff uh your one-stop shop which is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com right please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with loz of why she sleeps it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network me stew with him how you doing today Loz? yeah i'm good thank you man i'm good thank you good, yeah good good um before we steam straight into your track list i just want to uh touch upon a, a, a bananish year that it's really strange I, I found myself more recently saying things like yeah no no i saw them live last year uh, no not last year the year before because like <laughs> last year just don't seem to exist you know what i mean so i just want to yeah. ask you um you know who's who's i guess fundamentals of, of what they do is is you know he's getting out there and touring and playing and how you found the last year as you Loz, human being and yeah. uh, and as a as a creative as a musician um initially i'll, I'll sort of tackle how it's been for me personally it's been at times it's been good, other times it's been horrendous. Um, that being because I think that the strain that the unknowingness of the pandemic has brought towards people and how um, heavily isolated people are has completely changed, has, for some people, completely changed everything. And that's been very, very tough. Um, earlier in the lock, like the, uh, after the sort of towards the end of the first lockdown, I actually lost a very close friend to suicide. Um, and you know you can't you can't 100 percent attribute that to it just being about the pandemic you know but i definitely feel like for some people not having their social you know outlets is is really takes its toll when you're isolated in that way so that was really tough um but also at the same time you know it, yeah it, it was it was just tough and it was tough for a lot of people but you know we we all had to come together and support each other in that way and and you know it, i think for many people it will it will you know have the same sort of connotation surrounding it like for some people it's been ridiculously hard but then for other people you've seen like a unity grow between certain situations that you know you otherwise might not have um so so that was really tough for me and i feel like you know it, it's really tough on a lot of people and i think the best thing you can do is talk to people and let you know let people know you're there for them, you know. Sorry to kickstart this on, on a really. No, man. Like you know, this is what this chat's about. You know, I ask these questions, <laughs> you know, because I, you know, and, and I respect the fact that you give honest answers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. the, so, the, you know, it's it's been difficult times. It's you know, nobody can ever dispute that. And and like you say, like some people are going to really struggle if they've not got that distraction of of yeah. other people and being around other people and and that that kind of thing that maybe takes them away from 
their own thoughts for a while. That that escapism, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I feel I feel like a lot of people, especially in my hometown, Doncaster. Like I've witnessed a lot of people sort of that were very sociable people that were going out to the pub like quite frequently and stuff like that. They're now sort of like behind closed doors. And like I've witnessed a few people online like taking a lot of drugs at home or like drinking heavily at home, you know. And then, you know, obviously I've been in Doncaster pretty much all my life, so I'm very much in the thick of it here. And I know I do know a lot of people from growing up here and playing playing music here since I was younger. So, you know, you might you could say that I like just because I know so many people, I'm seeing so many of these different um different sort of situations. But but yeah, it, it's definitely been difficult on people. I mean, switching switching that up a bit and talking about the band situation and the pandemic, I think for us, um we've been very lucky with how things have fallen into place. We did a lot of touring before the pandemic got to the point where it was getting really serious. And we had to cut a few dates off our American tour because we were like, what if, if everything shuts down, we're not going to be at home. We're going to be in America. So that was the initial thought when everything hit for us. And so from then, um, we got back home and then that's when everything sort of really picked up and they were shutting down stuff and, and that. But we, like I say, we did a lot of touring pre-lockdown so, uh, and, and, and working out the severity of the situation. So we'd already had it in our plans to come back and then start um start demoing tracks and writing songs and then after that moving into the studio so what was going to happen for while she sleeps was we would go come back have a, a couple of months writing and then over festival season be writing and recording and dipping out to play festivals so in a strange way like it's it gave it it gave us a bit of time to just focus on the record as opposed to usually we'd be sort of touring and then uh, sort of in the studio and writing and then dip out for a weekend and y- your plan is always to carry on that that positive train of like writing course, music yeah. and stuff whilst you're on the road but it never really works like that because there's so many things going on when you're touring anyway so it's it, it, you know pros and cons for, for it all but um you know the actual recording process was quite tricky because we're trying to always keep our distance and we can only have like two people in the studio at one time and and different things like that but then but then you know we do have a, a warehouse in Sheffield, um, which is it's got quite a big. We've got a studio there and a live room and quite a big outdoor space, if you like. So we we were able to be safe and distant and disinfect everything and wear masks, but still kind of be in the same vicinity whilst writing. So that did really help. Um, so yeah, a bit of a roller coaster for us in this whole process. But I think like we're really positive about our new record and we're really stoked on it. And and I think that there is. There's the usual stuff in there for while she sleeps, where we talk about similar things, and but there's also this like yearning for that sort of um, unity that we get from a live show as well, and I feel like you can really sort of hear that in the songs uh, and hear that come through. And um, there's a de- there's a, uh, a song on the record that actually isn't sort of um, it's not a COVID song by any means, but I think that the you know, the, the elements that that song holds, I think, for people, you know, that have gone through this time or, or when it comes out are probably still going to be in this time. It'll be a very, very strong song. And I think um, hopefully the song Nervous, uh, featuring Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro on the record. Nice. I feel like it, it really encompasses how we felt in the past and how fe- people just probably feel without the pandemic. But I think it really, really sort of, it really... Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really important song for people and hopefully they 
they hear and feel that in the same way we do towards it. But yeah, it's uh, I think um, for a lot of people, I feel like people are uh, really holding on to when, when are things going to be back to normal. And I think the important thing to focus on through such a strange time is the little victories, um, not thinking too far ahead. So you're constantly waiting for stuff Absolutely. to get back to normal, but, but focusing a little bit smaller than that and thinking, you know, we've, we've kind of got this far and, you know, try and, try and focus on the small positives rather than the, the overall outlook. I think that's quite important. I, th- I think that's quite healthy as well, man. I, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Right, Lars, let's talk records. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> it, was ch- it was tough to pick, you know. But... It's good, good. It's meant to be tough, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I don't know. What, I don't know how my choices will like, <laughs> will, like look in terms of like anyone else you've had on the show. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, it's it's what you're looking for. But it's it's really difficult. I feel like when you're digging back in your memory and being like, so what was that song for me? Um, but hopefully, this kind of makes a fun playlist anyway. So. Wicked. All right, track one. Lost yeah. the song with the greatest ever intro, please. Um. This was ridiculously difficult, I think. This is the one that everyone struggles with. You're racking your brain for like awesome songs and like there's so many bands out there and and records. But um, I went for Refuse New Noise Mm. um, because I think the anticipation of when that finally kicks in after the initial riff is ticking over for so long and it's building and it's building and like, yeah, when it it comes in, it slaps. And that was such an important record for me in terms of like, uh, sort of figuring out what I liked in terms of music and before that I'd never really like heard of Refused so when I heard that track and the video for it as well really helps the, to visualise what the, what the what the emotion and the feeling is of that, that intro and that song and it like when I saw it and heard it for the first time it literally blew my mind I was like this, this I want to be in this band you know it was exactly it was exactly the vibe that I was uh, wanting from a, from a song Aside from this one, no one's chose anything that you've chose today, right? But All right, cool. only last week I had Papa Roach on and they chose this for their intro as well. So you're in good company, man. No way. Was that Jacoby? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, nice. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a good dude, man. I, I, loved, I love him. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. But, yeah. Cool. And, and I was like, and as soon as like, I, I heard it again, I was like, because I had not heard it for a long time. And I was like, man, yeah. that is an intro. It's, yeah. And when I got your list, I was like, oh, he's gone for it as well. Wicked. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just a, it's a solid channel. I mean, we do put a little Spotify playlist to accompany all the pods so, so people can go nice. and listen to it. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah man, it's, it's, it's a great intro. And, I mean, I guess for the, you know, and take this with the greatest respect, for the, the sort of the nature of the, the music that you make, I, yeah. I always like to ask musicians how they approach intros and if they're conscious of the way that, the way that people listen to music is changing very quickly so far as like attention spans and, and hundred percent. Yeah. And I know, you know, and, and trying to get radio play, but I guess, I, I suppose unless you're looking at a Dan P. Carter show, I guess mainstream radio, is that a consideration when you write as, as an, you know, as an alternative sort of rock band is, you know, is it always in the back of your mind? We want to get playlisted. Yeah, I mean, I think strangely, you know, like even if you're like an underground punk band or anything like that, I feel like almost like it, it sort of lends itself to that recognition. You know, if someone picks a track up, whether you intended it to be for that reason or not, if yeah. someone picks it up and they like it and they're willing to play it, um, it you know, it's a great feeling. So I think for While She Sleeps, it's not really like, 
we're not really like, right, let's write a, a, a song that's a ballad to push for radio and then let's write a song to... We just sort of write songs and then if something like that does sort of rear its head, if you like, yeah. we're kind of like, well, this actually would really work for, for maybe maybe pushing towards radio or, or a bit more of a daytime as opposed to, like you say, like the rock show. Yeah. And I think that it's some, something that happens accidentally, but once you sort of get the track listings together and you sort of start listening to demos back to back, you kind of go, actually... That one would really work well on like a more, you know, people driving home from work kind of thing or whatever. So, you know, I think, you know, it, it's always nice when that sort of thing happens um, in, in a sort of happy accident way. But for, for sleeps, we're not like, right, let's write a song that, that like the daytime radio one is, is going to pick up. So, yeah, it's a bit more of an organic thing for us. And if we happen to write something that, that would go to radio, then then it's a bonus, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What was the first song you remember hearing? that had an emotional impact on you, please? Uh, well, when I was younger, um, my, like, my parents were playing a lot, of, uh, a lot of different styles of music, really, around the house. Like, my dad, my dad had a study where I wasn't allowed to go in, where I'm pretty sure he was, like, blazing weed and, <laughs> and playing chess, you know what I mean? And he had, like, a drum kit in there and his guitars, and, and the door was always shut and, like, a bit of a smog was coming from under the door, you know? Uh, and I, I've got a bit, like weird memories of that as a kid but my middle name is Floyd my dad was a big uh, a huge Pink Floyd fan um but I also like remember as a real youngster being into like a lot, a lot of Michael Jackson stuff and just I had like a studded glove and a bad t-shirt and a mullet do you know what I mean and it was just I guess when you're that age it's just whatever you hear that you kind of what what your parents are playing so absolutely my, my mum really liked sort of um bands like Marillion and like Levelers which is like I never really heard much like that. And and um, for anyone that doesn't know, the Levelers are like, like an, I think they're Irish. They're like an Irish folk they're, band. They're, they're from Brighton. Pop. They're from Brighton. Oh, God, I put my foot in that. <laughs> I? Sound like a right form now. Um, but it's got that Irish folky feel to it, 100%. Yeah, I think it's like the violins that yeah. run through it. and it, it, it definitely feels like that. But they, my mum's name's Julie, and they always had a song. They had a song called Julie. It's actually a really beautiful song about Lovely record. Uh, where they're from so that for me was, was a real like big connection with like a song and obviously it's, it's your mother's name and like it, it's always reminding me of it and even today when like you know my mum lived in Sweden for a little while and, and even you'd think with touring life I'd be able to get out there quite a bit and see her but she lived really out in the sometimes I'd have Julie on my playlist and it even like just give me a, a you know it's sometimes hard with family. You kind of sometimes drop the ball and forget to forget to sort of write home and make phone calls and stay in contact as much as you can, especially when you're out. Everyone's got different. So your, your mic, your mic's kicking in and out a little bit, Loz. Right. Is it just, is it all right now? Yeah, it was just crackling a few times when you was chatting. Right. In. Sorry about that. That's all right. Then. Um, yeah, go on. Carry on with Julie. Yeah, and, and basically, so just reminding me to call home and, and just give my parents a bit of FaceTime, you know. And so when I hear it just randomly come up on my playlist, as much as just loving the song, I think it's a great song. Like, it just gives me that kick to make sure I'm calling home and reminds me of uh, being young and being in the car with my mum. It's, it's, it's cool. Any slight, for, you know, the, for, for the levellers, that was, I think that was probably one of their, their biggest hits as well. Um, right. it, it was a single and it was, I think it was maybe from like album three or four. Um, and it is a beautiful record. It's 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 heart wrenching. It's like it's a yeah. it's a pretty tragic story, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, but the thing is, for me, like, my, like 
and don't want to get all like email about the whole thing. My mum and dad went through a pretty brutal separation when I was a kid. Yeah. And um, my dad actually moved out and went next door but one, you know? Wow. <laughs> so it was, and my mum had four kids all under the age of nine and she was like really striving to like, you know, look after us. And she was trying, she did it. She's basically my superhero because having four kids under the age of um, nine, I was the oldest. And then she she would go to college in the day. She would come back and she would have a job in a music store um, uh, on a weekend. And then, like, she went out, like, to, like, literally doing anything she could to raise the cash to support us all. So, like... Like you say, that song's like quite a sad, emotional song, but I think some of the some of the things within that kind of reminded me of that and reminded me how, when I look back on it now, how much like my mum was prepared to do and how hard she worked to like make sure we like didn't go without and all these other things. So like like you say, that's interesting for me to 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 look through and not not that everything's exactly the same, but it's sort of. It holds on to a bit of that feeling, like the Julie by the Levelers has a bit of that feeling. It reminds me of that time, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, I, I don't think anyone's uh, kind of explained the reasons behind How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And that song quite as, as good as that. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's wonderful, man. Um, have you heard Frank Turner do that? I haven't heard Frank Turner do that. No, no. Oh, that's a bit special. Yeah? yeah. I'll check that out, definitely. Maybe uh, if you do the playlist in, put the Levelers one in, then and put that, maybe put that in as an alternative. Good yeah. chat. Good chat. Yeah, he, he done, Levelers done like a kind of thing where they got lots of their kind of favourite artists to, to cover some of their songs. They had Billy Bragg on there and I can't think of else. Nice. But, but Frank does Julie and, oh my God, he, he 
sparks it as well. It's really good, man. It's really nice. good. That sounds great, yeah. Right, well, let's stay in those formative years, Lars. And for track three, the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, mate. Yeah, the, the song I'll choose for this is um, Slipknot, Spit It Out. Cool. Um, I think that record came out in 1999, which would have meant at the time I was about, uh, you leave school at 16. I was like 14, 15, probably. Um I mean, that's prime, isn't it? That's the prime age to get something like that, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And um, this was like, there was a few kids at my school that were like heavily into like Nirvana and stuff. And that sort of, that was like my first glimpse into this like alternative lifestyle, being like, what are these, like the kids at my school were like growing their hair out and stopped washing their hair and stuff, you know, like proper grunge Nirvana style. I remember thinking these these lads are cool. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they got a rape and they were like a bit. There was like four or five of them that were just like didn't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? And it like dragged me in with it. And then so quite quickly, like started just like listening to whatever I could get my hands on in terms of like alternative heavy stuff. And and that that was like bands like Marilyn Manson, Limp Biscuit, Slipknot. Linkin Park and quite quickly just opened the door and, and got rolling but it was Slipknot Slipknot I got hold of and I was just like wow and obviously that that album's got weight and bleed on it and like that was like such a huge track for them back then but Spit It Out's intro is like it's like infectious you know it's like it repeats on you and it's like this sounds so gnarly and I just remember being like literally being that kid on the back of the school bus that like probably took a slap off a chav, do you know what I mean? For like having like a dirty Marilyn Manson hoodie on and just like being like, I'm into this shit. Like it, that, all those bands at that time really spoke to me and like I loved that it was like, it was different to everybody else. And like just hearing, just hearing how heavy that was at that time, just, and literally being in that situation of like chavs were hating on me for wearing like a Slipknot hoodie and, and uh, yeah, it just just that really hits me like the back of the school bus, like like hood hood up, like headphones in on the, on the CD player. Do you know what I mean? On the on the discman or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that would be my that would be my choice for that. It's it's. I mean, to to have experienced that at that age, like that that kind of whether you want to call it new metal or whatever you want to kind of call it that was happening then at fourteen years of age. I mean, to see pop stars that look like Marilyn Manson. Like, <laughs> it's, it, you know, I, I remember, that, like, around about that time, I was, I was, like, doing a band, we went to see this record label that were interested in signing us, and we was just a pretty much straight-up kind of guitar rock band. Uh, yeah. And when we went in there, they called us in, and they were like, right, okay, look. I said, like, you know, what what's happening? And they said, look, to be honest, like, you know, it's all right, but, like, if you was a young lad that liked guitar music, I don't think they're going to like what you are. Because we just, just like five <laughs> nice. scruffy herberts with, like, with long hair and that. And yeah. then he just held up a copy of, uh, it was Kerrang or Metal Hammer, and it had Madison yeah. on the cover. And he was like, oh, do you think they're going to want this? And I was like, yeah, they're definitely going to want that. Like, because yeah. it just looked scary. It looked weird. I mean, I, I don't know if we should even be talking about Marilyn Manson. He's in all sorts of trouble right now, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I've kind of not, not read up about anything, but I've heard on the grapevine something. Yeah, like, likewise. So, um, but, but, but more importantly, if that weren't weird enough to a young... Because these, these pop stars looked like cartoon characters, you know? It was so relatable and it was so larger than life and so different. And then fucking Slipknot come along and it's like... Yeah. Holy shit, they've just took this to a <laughs> different level now. 
they There's all like look tennis. fucking terrifying. It's like, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's the thing, like, the message that those bands were giving out as well was like nothing I'd ever heard before. It was just like, like, and it just the whole the whole scene at that time just blew my mind and really sort of paved the way for for me being interested in this whole thing. I think for a lot of people, like, especially coming through different phases of of different sort of genres, getting big like emo and and like punk rock and and all this stuff growing up, like. It just a lot of people have kind of like they got into it as, as youngsters, and then you can kind of you know people that you've seen since like in the supermarket or something, and they've just completely like it's left them behind. And and I know that being around the music industry now is obviously what keeps me so connected to it, and and it's what I do now. But I still even think that if I wasn't in, in while she sleeps, like I'd still definitely be interested in that thing. Like it's never really left me. And I think importantly. Um, the whole like the whole community side of, of rock and metal is is so important you know and 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 that so, that side of things has never left me like even you know going out flyering for your first gigs and stuff like that there's no better feeling than having like a few people turn up you know most people just throw your flyers on the floor but you kind of like there were no internet to be promoting on so i remember going out and flyering for shows and like actually seeing people maybe turn up that, that got one of your flyers in the town on a Saturday, like the following Wednesday night or something. It's, it was such a such a cool like environment to be around, checking out new local bands and, and having that sense of community where you're into something a bit different. Um, but yeah, the whole thing spoke to me and, it, and it's never really left in that sense. Like I still love all those bands now and, uh, and yeah, it paved the way for where I'm at now. And as much as I focused a little bit there on just like how, how incredible all these artists looked, make no mistake, they backed it up with absolute killer tunes as well. Like yeah. it weren't yeah, just like something to visualise. You know, it was like it was an absolute fucking sonic attack. You know, it was uh, yeah. it was awesome. Um, well, I mean, how was school? Did you did did you know? Did you enjoy it? Um, I was, you know quite sort of immature at school if you like like <laughs> a lot of kids that were more developed than me in my year if you like so I was quite young but um I was really pretty good at football so that kind of I think a lot of that got me through it you know like I played for the team I played right wing I was pretty quick um I could get the ball into the box if you like so like that that sort of made me have friends that were probably a bit cooler than me at school can get you out of um, trouble football can't it yeah, if you're good at football, it gains, especially being young, it gains you like respect that you probably would find hard to get like just normally. Yeah, for me anyway. Um, so like, yeah, I played for the school football team, and I was I was well into my sports. Um, kind of struggled academically. Do you know what I mean? Like, didn't wasn't really interested. I'd be, you know, I'd be in the classroom thinking about playing football, or a couple of years later than that, just thinking about getting out and going skateboarding. You know, and like. That that was it for me. Like I just wanted to play sports and and get out, get home get home from school and and uh, go skateboarding or or whatever. So yeah, that was it really. Um, yeah, I mean school school was all right apart from getting slapped about a little bit for liking like the, the more rock bands. Yeah, I don't know. If this is quite interesting. Like if you talk to different people, like if I talk to the rest of uh, while she sleeps, they got called. Um, like moshers at school or grebos, but yeah. where I came from, it was we were just called sweaties. <laughs> <laughs> I've never that's heard what, that. That's what we were, just sweaties. So, like, <laughs> last few years at school, I was a bit of a sweaty and definitely took a bit of a kick in for listening to like stuff that people didn't agree with, kind of thing. Um, I don't know if that's a thing anymore, you know, like, 
the genre clashes are that sort of that sort of big now. It's all about clashing together genres, and I guess you know bands like Enter Shikari were the first band that I went to to see actually in my local sort of scene that was like really sort of mixing that like dance or synthy trance stuff with like screaming music. Um, but I don't know if if that's as much of a thing now. You have got like a lot of trap artists coming out, and they, you know, they almost have this like grunge, like Manson sort of edge about how they're going about their trap music. And I think I think people nowadays are a lot more open to, to, to sort of genre clashes. And obviously, the internet being the internet, like people are hearing much stuff much more wider. So I think it's a bit more open to, oh, you can listen to whatever you like and get on with it. But when I was at school, it was like, you definitely got slapped about for listening to like grunge and punk and and, uh, and sort of new metal stuff. So yeah, I think that's sort of changed a little bit now. I, I, I totally agree. And I do, you know, hold the internet responsible for that. I, I do think that, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, when you discovered Linkin Park and, and, and you know, and, and bands like that, you yeah. grabbed whatever you could, but you didn't have unlimited music because you oh. know you, you could only get what you could get you know burning your mate you know if your mates a copy of a cd or a tape or whatever like and so now you know i think that because you you was restricted to like you know what you could afford and, and what you could get your hands on you cherished it and then kind of just was on board with that 100 percent. whereas now i think there's so much stuff being presented to you and it's obviously really important to kind of open yourself up to other genres of music and, and and to develop your you know your listening yeah. pleasures and uh, and I do think that that is what has kind of ended that tribalism and and yeah. it's really weird because I've spoke about this quite a lot on this podcast with you know especially with people saying when I was at school I was this and you know yeah. I've never yeah. had anyone say sweaty I'm, I'm loving that <laughs> yeah but, I was a sweaty uh, <laughs> but the only tribalism that I see—I mean, I, I run a, a, a rock club and have done for for nearly thirty years—and that's and, my dream job, I think. And I, <laughs> <laughs> We've got the band. If it wasn't if it wasn't in the band, I'd like to own my own rock club. Definitely. Mate, do you know why that happened? Because that fella said they ain't gonna like your band. They're gonna like Marilyn Manson. So I knocked my band on the head and started that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So the. Uh, yeah, where I was going with it, like when I see the people that come through the doors now, whereas like historically, like when I first started going there, there'd be guys with quiz, and I was like, oh, they're into the Smiths, like, and then there'd be like, kind of goth guys over there that were clearly like into like the Cure and Rob Smith, Sister Mercy, stuff like that, and like, and then there was like what we called Grebos were like kids with like dreads and shorts and kind of like that kind of alternative sort of early nineties skater chic. Yeah, and so there was all of these amazing little tribes within the alternative world, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And now, when I see what comes through the door now, it's far more, you could probably go into any club and no one would necessarily be able to go, oh, they like that music. Yeah. It's like the colours... Almost like the styles. Yeah. The styles well have all merged into yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Apart from metalers. Like, Apart from metalers, yeah. met- <laughs> still wear their colours. And, and, you yeah. know, and, and, and I think that's really important. And that's credit to that scene that people still have that passion, you know, for that, that, you know, coat of arms, whatever you want to call it, that, that kind of outfit, that dress, that mindset, you know, and yeah. I do think that, that metal has definitely, again, though, without sort of going on off tangent on that, within the realms of metal, there's a gazillion different sub genres oh, and things yeah. that have all got their own kind of look as well, you know, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. 
First song you bought from a record store, please, Loz. I got two cassettes at the same time. Okay. And this was, um, so, yeah, it was, when, it was amongst this time as well. And obviously, when you're a youngster, you don't necessarily just have disposable cash. So I imagine that I think I, um, I had a paper round um, and sort of that's what funded me going to pick up new music. So I heard um, Bum Funk MC's Freestyler. Um, and I heard that at pretty much the same time. I don't know if it was TV. I must have told my grandparents. We didn't ask Sky at the time. Um, so I heard uh, Bonfunk MC Freestyler and Take a Look Around by Link Biscuit. And it had the video with the diner and stuff. And I was hooked straight away. And I think I had this paper round at the time. And I was like, right, when I get this money, like, when I get this 10 quid from like doing this paper round or whatever, seven pound, I think it was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down to Trax, which was my, um, my local sort of shop. And I bought two cassettes. At uh, that time I had a, yeah, tape player. And uh, they, were the two, they were the two cassette tapes that I bought first, yeah. I mean, solid choices. Yeah, good tunes. No, yeah. Normally, this is the question where people come up with some right howlers, but like, I mean, they're, 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 they both hold up, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Still listen to them now, and they're, they're still good tracks. So, yeah, definitely. And that was the thing. I remember just going round to my mate's house and taking like, or or whatever. He, he probably had a cassette player and just banging them in, and just sort of like bouncing around the bedroom or whatever, you know, and just being like, yeah, these tunes are wicked. But yeah, really having that sense of like, it was the first music I'd actually bought with my own cash um yeah and went out and got those tracks so yeah it was cool i think at that time as well they all have b-sides on them as well because obviously the tape yeah. reel was longer than just the single so there must have been some other stuff on there as well um i don't know if take a look around was like an instrumental or something of it or, or there was another track on there i don't remember but yeah they were the two first cassettes i ever bought yeah nice um i just want to sort of touch on uh something in regards to uh you know, you kind of feeling like, you, you know, you, you, you kind of dodged a few bullets from being able to sort of, you know, kick a ball at school. Uh, and then yeah. obviously, you know, when you start kind of finding your tribe and you start, you know, wearing the clothes that you want to wear and, and yeah. you know, you can sometimes find, you know, as you said, like you can, you can get you in a bit of trouble with people that don't, you know, understand why you're doing that. Um, yeah. I just wonder, like, would you say that, like, you as a, a confident lad um in some ways yes and in other ways no I think that um being quite immature for my age and and being brought up by my mum mostly than my dad made me really like quite in touch with my emotional side if you like living with like growing up primarily around my mum you know I wasn't really sort of scared to show that and I think that's what shaped the whole thing for me being quite like not like like wearing my heart on my sleeve, but also like showing other people who I was. Like it kind of my parents like both always um, let me kind of like not do what I want to do, but express myself in that way. There was never really like oh like I prefer it if you didn't sort of paint your nails black, or I prefer it if you didn't have like ridiculously backcombed huge emo hair. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so I think them them letting me express myself in that way and like being being brought up primarily by my mom just really gave me that sense of like being able to be who I was. So when I, when I found this sort of rock emo punk rock scene, like I was fine with just, just wearing that as I wore it. Do you know what I mean? And, and, it, and it almost like this whole feeling of like other people not liking it and maybe getting a slap it in, you know, on a, on a 
street that I didn't really know, like almost solidified the fact that I was different to these people. I didn't judge people by, you know, the same, the same ways other people did. And it kind of, at that time, made me want to wear this sort of, this get up and, and wear my scene and my tribe, as you say, and, and, and the bands that I liked. It, it, it made me want to do that even more when I got a kick in for liking like heavy, heavy music. And I think that all that sort of stuff's character building, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. It, absolutely. And it just made me be like, fuck it. Like it, it kind of like, it didn't want to make me get beaten up, but it made me be like, if that's, if that's your mindset, just because I listen to stuff that's different, especially being at like 14, 15, you, you're just like, I was just like, yeah, like this it solidifies it even more for me that I'm different to the rest of these people and, I, and it made me want to wear it on my sleeve even more. And believe me, at times I looked ridiculous. So. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I think around my local sort of rock scene and when I, I like I started going out drinking at 17, um, I was like the first emo kid that I knew. So when that whole like when placebo were massive and and and, you know, like uh, bands like Funeral for a Friend were getting huge in the UK. And then you sort of start hearing about, you know, like uh, Kerrang and stuff like that. We're playing like even more like emo, like bangers from like overseas. It just getting into it a little bit and then fueling that whole thing mixed with people not really understanding where it had come from. And then like you're just seeing people style on like on telly and, and just like I was just like leaving school from from being like 14 at school to leaving school and 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 like in like early 2000s like i was just so into the scene i was just like this is me like and i don't give a fuck who knows it you know well that scene generally uh overspills when you start drinking into nightclubs so for track five (laughs) i'm going to ask you for the song that soundtrack your years uh clubbing well this this is a weird track for me because a lot of my friends at the time i basically when I started going out to town, I was only friends with, like, my school was a couple of bus rides away. So, naturally, I didn't really have any friends that lived close to me in my neighbourhood, if you like, or around my streets. So, when I started going out, um, the, the lads that I was in, like, a punk rock band playing out on my grandparents' garage with, they weren't old enough to go out and start drinking. So, and, and I was, like, almost 18 and started just, like, walking into the town centre myself on my own. So I met a lot of people along the way that like weren't really into the emo thing. They were a couple of years older than me, so they kind of skipped the emo scene. So I was like an emo kid hanging, hanging out with like just whoever would chat to me in the local rock bar, really, and just being like, yeah, like it didn't really bother me to like walk into town and, and sort of go out on my own. I'd just go out on my own and like grab a pint, do you know what I mean? And then like it was one of them things that like after a while, obviously, you, you, hook, you hook up with people, you, you meet new friends, and then that was that. But initially... I just used to rock up, rock up to like rock bars on my own and just start talking to people about like music styles or like, you know, just, just general stuff. Um, and they were all into like heavily into like Lamb of God. So, but I like, I remember saying to one of these guys at the time, like, I don't think I'll ever be into Lamb of God. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I actually like, I hate the fact that I ever said that now because Lamb of God are like one of my favorite bands ever. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, at the time I was like, just really emo and, and like, quite naive to like a lot of stuff and being like, I'll never not be an emo kid. Like I was so into it that I was just like, I'll never not be an emo kid. This is like, this is what, this is me. So yeah. But then, you know, a couple of years down the line, like Lamb of God turned into my favorite band and it was always redneck that they play. Even when I was like younger than all these old, more older, like metal dudes are like Ed banging to Lamb of God because back then as well, 
you weren't going to gigs like constantly. So like the rock night was almost like a gig as well. Yeah. So you would you would like literally get on the dance floor and like mosh. Like I remember going out to like nightclubs like every Tuesday night and it, you would like literally have a mosh pit on the dance floor. Like I can't really, I mean, that stuff definitely still does happen. But like back then it was just like, it was like a full blown like Slipknot gig, at, at, like in your local rock club. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was gnarly. Uh, our people just weren't completely messed up the whole time with like broken bones and stuff. It was <laughs> beyond me. But yeah, like, so it, it was redneck for me. And that's, that's like stuck with me now. When I hear that song, I'm like, that just, it takes me back to such an era where I was like going out to rock bars and like just, just, just exploring different sounds and different styles of music and just going out wild and just like drinking as much as I possibly could for like, like some, some of the like nightclubs back then I'd like, it was like five quid in all you can drink and stuff, yeah. you know, like it was just mental. Like I just, yeah. Can't imagine that now, but yeah, um, that, that was the earliest memory and, and one of the songs that's really stuck with me from those times. And so again, you've, I just want to pick up on the confidence thing again because you said that you'd go into clubs, uh, or, or, you know, and bars on your own and just yeah. chat to people. I mean, that's that's impressive, man. Like, I, I've I've not got that in me, but um, but then obviously, you know, you've you've walked out on stage and and just took the roof off of you know gigs and festivals in front of thousands of people <laughs> over the years. So, <laughs> how, how do you, you know, have you got? Do you feel confident doing that now? Yeah, yeah. People always kind of say to me, you know, do you, do you get nervous before you go on? And, and, you know, we end up playing shows that often that it turns from being less of a nervousness and you've got, because you've got confidence by, by now, like we've been doing this a long time now. So we've got confidence in our live performance. You know, I know I can go up there and sort of hold my own in terms of vocals and entertaining people. So for me, it turned from, turned from being like a nervousness to to get on stage to um to just an exciting buzz about getting out there and like in, enjoying the show and being in the thick of it with everyone else um one thing that like is important for me with this whole transition of like being a youngster into um into sort of like trying to find confidence to be in a band and stuff like from from day one my grandparents let me like form a band in their garage and like with all this going on with my parents breaking up and like getting kicked in every now and again for like in rock music and stuff like that like it was it was huge for me to have that space to like as an outlet to let go of like negative energy and just like get in there and like slam some drums around or, or or scream and I never like I never had the patience to learn guitar or anything like that so I basically passed like my younger brother a guitar and he would like he was so young at the time like I was 16 like he was like 12 or something um and I was like going oh yeah you can play this bro so I was encouraging him to play it but then I would just get the mic and I would just be screaming my head off and like just letting out that emotion and and for me like that turned into what it is now for me it's still the same like I I use the stage show as like a workout for myself and having lockdown one and two has really taught me how much I do or have over the past needed live shows. So now I'm like, I'm going out on runs every other day because it, that, it, that helps me like shake that like heavy low that I sometimes feel. Yeah. Um, and and it, I've never really realized until I've had time off of touring and, and like I've tried to cut back on the drink and, and all that stuff. So getting out and, and getting the exercise in is, is so important for my mental health these days. I can't stress that enough to anyone that's like, might be going through like some difficult times and like 
it's it's crazy how much that exercise and getting your body sweating and moving it like how much it it helps with uh, with just your brain and and, and your outlook. So um, that's something I've been doing. But yeah, it was always about that for me, having that space and that that place to to express myself. And then yeah, so that's just evolved. And like for all of us in our band now, like we're an energetic band because it's almost like that's what we need. It lets us let go of frustrations. And like when when you come off a stage, it's like. It's that release and you feel like a stone lighter, you know? You're just like, oh, like I needed that. So, yeah, yeah it's, that sort of thing's always been important to me. Cool. Well, I'm going to take you home now for track six. And uh, it's a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this song I'll choose uh, is by a band called Colour of Fire. So they weren't, like, they, they weren't like directly right where I'm from. But a friend showed me this band um, years ago and... It's got ever so similar vibes to the Refuse New Noise, where it's got like long intros, but it's also I can't, I can't explain. It. It's like got a bit of a Radiohead kind of vibe, I guess. Um, but the track's amazing. So the band is The Color of Fire, and the track's called The Company Won't Color Me. Um, yeah, and it's just an unbelievable track. I don't like know crazy amounts about the band. I'm pretty sure they're not going anymore. Um, but that song, like, if anyone can give it some time and give it a listen, I think you'll agree. It's like, it's a really special song. It's, it's, it's absolutely cracking. And I heard it, like, for the first time when you sent your, your, your list over. I'd never heard of them. Uh, yeah. And, and I went on and I put it on. And it's definitely got a kind of, um, yeah, it's, I'd say it's probably more sort of alternative rock than, than, than kind of, yeah, I would say that's the genre if I had to pigeonhole it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got elements of, like, a little bit of kind of, sort of lo-fi sort of skater rock to it as well it's really good really really good um it's like really driving mm. like it, it like chugs through it yeah. but it but yeah his voice is quite delicate at times and he uses his voice really well so yeah it's, it's a good track well for your last track uh you get to play dj on this one loz and uh it's a song that many <laughs> may not know that you would yeah. like them to hear yeah well I've, I've been into this band for a few years now um they're like they're coming out of America. I don't, I don't exactly know where, but for anyone that's like sort of into sort of every time I die, I guess, and a bit of Dillinger, they sort of Dillinger Escape Plan. They sort of cross over that a little bit with having their own thing as well. Um, the band's called Grey Haven. Um, the song's called Blemish. For anyone who's into that sort of that sort of thing, check them out. They're a, they're a great band. Um, and yeah, this is a ridiculously good song. I love it. Well, people can do that. Um, they can head over to Spotify and, uh, and listen to every single uh, track that you've picked today, Loz. Yeah. Um, as we, uh, I mean, we're recording this at the beginning of, of, of March uh, 2021. So as, you know, in the light of what the government said and, and vaccinations rolling out and, you know, starting to see festivals being announced this year, which is something I didn't think we was going to see. Um, yeah. What are you excited about personally? And what's coming up professionally? Um, personally, I'm in the process of buying a new house. Um, so that's definitely a positive for me coming out of this time. Like, I'm really stoked. It's like, it's like on the edge of being done, a done deal. So like myself and my partner, we're so stoked. And like, if it comes through, then absolutely amazing. We'll be over the moon. Um, I'm really stoked for people to hear um, our new record, the Sleep Society um, record. Um, I think that if you are open-minded in terms of genre clashes um, and if you, you know, you like alternative music, but you're still open to, you know, like as a band while she sleeps likes, 
sort of light stuff. We love heavy stuff, sometimes a bit of pop, sometimes a bit of like really, really heavy stuff. So I, I personally feel like if you're open-minded in terms of genres and, and genre clashing, then there's something in our record for everybody. Um, so I would just say, yeah, if you've got the time, check it out. We're super excited for people to hear it. And like I mentioned, a song with um, uh, Simon Neal from Biffy Claro guesting on it called Nervous. That, to me, feels like it's going to be a huge song for people and sort of the feeling of our nation right now. And I hope I hope it's taken in that way and I hope, it, uh, hope it's received really well and people kind of find some hope in, in what we're trying to say with that song. Um, that's exactly what it does for me. Um, so yeah, that, that, they're two things I'm really excited about. Um, I love summer. So the fact that, you know, lockdown in winter, I feel like is a lot more difficult than lockdown in the oh, summer. So you know, just, so. just being able to sit out and, and enjoy a bit of sunshine. And, and like, yeah, I love the sun. So it's, you know, the fact that it's getting a bit warmer now, we're seeing a bit of a change. And like, I think, like I said before, like, it's tough. I think it gets tough on everyone's mind when you start thinking about the long game of this. And like, I feel like it's very important for people not to get too hung up on when things are going to get back to normal, because if it doesn't, then it's only going to hit you even harder that we, that as a country, we haven't got back to, to some sort of normality when we're promised it by our government. So I think like try and focus on the small victories and uh, keep your mental health like, he, firstly, look after number one uh, and try and figure out what that is is going to work for you best, whether that's what, some things we've spoken about, exercise and getting them headphones on and playing your favourite songs and going for a bit of a run or a workout. Because, like I said, I can't stress this last year and the year before, I never really knew how important it was for me personally and, and, it, and it literally just changes my outlook and changes my perceptions on, on everything, really. So PMA initially and everyone stay safe, like, talk to each other because uh, it does get tough and people need to open up and, uh, and voice out the feeling without any sort of worry about any prejudice or anything like that, whether you're a big, big blur, burly bloke, you know what I mean? You're allowed to tell people um, how you feel and, uh, and that goes, you know, that goes vice versa for other people. Open up to people, let them know you're there. And don't, like, I don't know, don't just say you're there and then not follow it up, you know? Just a quick text to be like, dude, I know I've said this before, but I am here if you want to chat. Like, I think it's crucially important that we come together so that when this stuff does open, you're like, all your friends are there, you know? And then uh, they're not in any weird situations that you could have avoided if you just sort of opened up a bit. So, yeah, that, that's kind of some of the things that I think is important to mention and, um, and, yeah, what I'm excited about. Loz, I don't think I can add anything to that. What a perfect way to end the chat. <laughs> man, that, that was that was beautiful. Um, mate, Thanks, man. I've had an absolute joy talking to you today. Like, likewise, man, likewise. When all this lifts up, we'll have to grab a beer somewhere at a gig or something. Absolutely, and, uh, chat mate. Some more. Absolutely. Come to my club, mate. And, uh, yeah. and for people that want to um, find out about the band, if they're not aware of you already, where's the best place to find out about uh, the band um, and what's happening? We're on everything. So wherever you want to go, we're, we're pretty much there. But the... The best place is uh, whilesheesleeps.com and there's just links there to everything. So yeah, if you've heard of the band and you're out there supporting, then thank you so much. And if you haven't, you know, check it out. Like I say, I think there's something within While She Sleeps that uh, that everyone can get into. So yeah, Wonderful. Thanks. Well, we'll tag you in everything when this goes out and then for those that uh, are yet to discover your band, uh, they've just got to click the link and they're straight through. And uh, and yeah, and I, I recommend you do so. Loz, thanks so much, man. No worries at all, man. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Cheers, buddy. There you go. 
Thank you very much. Loz, what an absolute diamond. Um, really, really enjoyed that chat. Um, go check out uh, the new record. Uh, go give them a, a like, love, share on the socials and uh, go and listen to all the songs, as mentioned, that, um, that Loz chose over on the Spotify playlist. And uh, and I'll be back next time. In the meantime, feel free to go and support the podcast over on Patreon. Um, other than that, go and get stuck into the, the back catalogue and tell your mates all about Off The Beaten Track and, yeah, and give us a, a bit of love on the socials. Get, uh, get the word out there. And, uh, yeah, be excellent to each other. See you soon. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk Do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Hey,